Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. This episode of Auto Dealer Live is brought to you by True Car. And we're live. Holy crap, we are. How you like that, huh? You like me to do that loud in your ear like that? <laughs> yeah, I do. It's my favorite thing. It was, it was kind of cool because I knew that we were coming on because you were looking at your, at your phone and uh, you were down like this, you know, like, you know. Like, you know, Charlie Brown, man, I know I'm aging myself, but Charlie Brown had a piano player, you know, the little kid that played I the piano. I think it was Linus who did the piano. No, Linus piano. carried a blanket. Oh. The kid that played the piano, he, he Scooter, played it like this. Skeeter, Scooter, uh, you know, I, Slater. Maybe, but here's how he played the piano is what, my, where I'm going with this. Yep. You were down looking at your phone like that. It's like, because I, I, um, and when you're, master, you're a master of your craft, you have to focus and concentrate and nothing else matters. Well, here's the funny thing about it is you weren't paying attention, but I saw producer's fingers up over the monitor go, counting us down. Which one? Uh, Ezra. Which one of the producers? Oh, there it is. And, okay, and I didn't know one so I saw it, and I knew it was coming, so I just like did it on purpose. Anyway, that whole Charlie Brown story was uh, just in, in basically f- in order to frame uh, the conversation. The conversation. I'm Dave Villa. Does it really matter who I am? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the other guy that does the show with him. Oh, you're the other guy? Yeah, the hairy guy. Hey, I want to show you something, man. Hey, look. My hair's got a hat head on. But check it out, man. There's a little microphone on the back of these pieces, man. Come on. You know you want one of these hats. Look at the microphone on the back of this hat, huh? Look at that. Got a gray bill. This is the Flex Fit. Man, these, are the, these, these right here are the real deal. These are the bee's knees. That's right. You will be the first person besides us to have an auto dealer live hat if you are the top influencer today. If you're the top influencer today. Do you have to be the top Twitter influencer, Facebook, no, top, all, any You know of? what, man? We're going to get jiggy with it, and it's going to be the top oh influencer. And we may – listen, we're not going to be stingy, brother. We've got so many of these freaking hats. I mean, what we're going to do – see, my, it looks like, the, looks like I was crooked. I didn't know we were getting jiggy today. I wish I would have known that. I would have I mean, I meant I, like, I would have made some arrangements. Thank you. Oh, I see. I, I would have done that. I didn't even – yep, there they are there. <laughs> Maybe jiggy, jiggy was the wrong word. I hope so. If that's what jiggy looks like, I sincerely hope so. But, but oh, I guess scary. I meant we're not going to be cheap. I know that has zero to do with jiggy. <laughs> but I meant <laughs> – I, I don't you know, know Will Smith when he when he sang that song. He was talking about he's like get getting, cheap with it, getting getting cheap with it, getting cheap with it. So we're not going to be cheap. We're not going to be. We're not going to be. You know, we're not going to be small minded here. We got some hats. Yes. So the top influencer, how about this? Top influencer, uh, influencer from Facebook and Twitter going to get a hat. That's what I'm talking about. Two hats total. Yeah, man. So a half for each. Just go crazy. All right. Just influence, man. Be a top influencer. It's already happening. Thank you. Be an influencer. Calvin Pierce. Be I want one of those hats. Maker. I'm going to rock Twitter to get this one. Mike. The car guy liked the fact that top Twitter influencer gets a brand new auto dealer life hat. These hats are pretty oh. stinking cool, man. Undeniable advantage. It's Schroeder. That's the piano player. Thank you very much. See, that's the beautiful thing about this. You hashtag auto dealer live. You, you shoot it over. I'm looking at my. I'm you know I'm looking at all of my tweets. 
Guess what I find? Information. You find the answer. Not the answer, but some answers. And there was Schroeder. Yes, he was the one Schroeder. that played piano. You know who uh, else Schroeder was? He was the uh, he was the Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder was the star of Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons was a great show. I always envied that. What's kid's the greatest? Game room. I was going to say, oh wait, oh man, you just took. It. I was going right. to ask you the question. You answered it. But okay. but in all, in all do in all in all you know in all do uh, you know uh, not all do in in fairness in all fairness to you. Yes, you didn't. You know what, man? What? Arnold said, "I'm yawning. I'm waiting for the competition." I thought for a second he was yawning because we were talking, but he wasn't. You saved yourself there, Arnold. Hey, there listen. Is. There it is, Schroeder. Here's the deal. Ricky Schroeder, man, what is the what is you you said it, dude? How cool was that guy's freaking game room? Any all the arcades on there, little freaking punk, you want to punch him? And they had little Alfonso Ribeiro would come by as a little friend, you know, uh, Carlton in later years from the from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He would come by, they hang out together. Um, just you know, mm-hmm. I envied it. Yeah, you know, I grew up, you know, I grew up with a uh, probably a rusty aluminum spoon, so <laughs> not a silver spoon by any stretch. I don't know if aluminum I grew rust. I grew up with a fork. You know what uh, I mean? It was, it was, yeah, it was I mean, like, I didn't have a spoon. No, nah, it was a brass fork. I had fork. a spork. It was a brass fork. I had a spork from the, ca- from the cafeteria when I was a youth. I, I had to borrow one from the cafeteria. And uh, Hey, if you grew up, if you didn't grow up with a silver spoon, tweet at us. If you grew up with a rusty fork, if you grew up, on, on, listen, if you were so poor you couldn't pay attention, all right, and you grew up and you were on the wrong side of the tracks, but today... You made it to the other side of the tracks, not because of a silver spoon, yeah. all right, but because you took the rusty fork and you climbed and you, your way. And you jabbed the guy in the eye that had the spoon in his mouth, and you took it from him. That's yes, what right. you did. And then he got a and needed to get a tetanus shot because of the rust. Alexander Howard, you know what? I'm reading this. It matters you're the best bearded co-host. Shout your name like IPD shouted his. It matters you're the best bearded co-host. Shout your name like IPD had shouted his. You know, the thing about Oh, the name. I get it. You know my name. It's fine. It's, it's, it's all right. Alexandria name. never says anything. She always talks about your beard. Uh-huh. But that's all right. That's okay. Hey, hey, listen, we're going to have a great show today, T. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it because here's what I get to do. Mm-hmm. I know what was when is, when is that coming up. Oh, we, we got to do that now. What? Right now, oh, right the now we go. is coming up. I forgot about that. Oh, okay. That. Um, but yeah, we got a good show. You know, training is something I don't do. I do do. <laughs> I do 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 do. He said do do. So what he's saying is he doesn't train, but he do do's. I meant I All don't right. train You've for a profession. I'm not a trainer, right, right, but right. I am a trainee. Right. I am a you train benefit every day. of a beneficiary of the training. Yeah. And today I will benefit with more training because I will be taking notes and such. Mm-hmm. I'll need a pen, guys, because I don't know what happened to my pen. Uh, I'll need a pen, but mm-hmm. I'll be taking notes because it's training day up in this piece. Training. King day. Kong ain't got nothing on me. Mm. Jeez, man. Sorry, I didn't think I was yelling that loud. Look at that. Your bobbleheads are bobbling. I guess they are. Yeah. Hey, um, I guess we're going to slash tags, right? Hey, man, check this out. Automate is presenting a weekly segment called Slash Tags. Do you want to be on them? Here's yeah, let's how. get this going. Let's put a shovel in my mouth. What is up, ADL family? It's your boy, Tommy Elwell, here once again with our weekly segment. You know it as Slash Tags. <laughs> so we're going to get started with some of our, our Slash Tags. I think we're starting to catch some, some traction here with this, guy. So I appreciate it. We had some, some good ones last week. So I'm going to go ahead and get into you know some of the things we... Uh, some of the things we heard, some of the things we liked, some of the things we commented on. So let's start it off. Um, Owen Moon, at Owen Moon, said, Farming is a lost skill, exclamation mark. 
one exclamation mark. Everyone wants to hit a grand slam, but to get there, you need to load the bases. It's just elementary baseball stuff right there. Good call there, Owen. Um, CJ Romig, who always has some funny stuff to say, he said, you know what's better than Google Analytics? Being on the showroom floor. So, you know, you got that right there. Jeff Glacken, at Jeff Glacken said, uh, at Auto, or no, hashtag Auto Deer Live just called at Arnold Tierina a jockstrap? Jockstrap. Stinky jockstrap. I think that was Dave who said that, actually. Uh, at Velocity Sales. Uh, this is another CJ Romick. At Velocity Sales is a complete bastard. <laughs> Kevin Campbell. At Kevin Campbell. Two. At Kevin Campbell underscore two. At IPD Mail. Breaking out big words. Specificity. He did. He got that from me. And then... Uh, Arnold, with his ever, you know, loving God bless him, he's always got something to chime in on. He said, at Tommy Elwell doing the slash tags ninja hand motion thing, looks like he's having a seizure. Thanks, Arnold. That's very kindly of you. So that's what we got for this week. I think, I think, like I said, I think we're starting to ramp up things. I'd love to see you guys uh, really get involved in this. So hashtag auto dealer live, hashtag slash tags, and we'll see what we can do next week. Let's, let's get this thing going. Let's get this, you know, getting crazy. So until then, slash tags, the boom. <laughs>
formed back in 1995 mm. when it was really anticipating. Hey, Dave, virtual- I got yeah. a question. How big were the goggles in 1995? That's my question. Well, I mean, those things really must have been. Big at- they were really big, and unfortunately, um, excuse me, i got to shut this phone off here. No problem, no problem. Um, <laughs> you know, VR never came through at that point because the eye tracking didn't really match people's head movement, mm-hmm. and what happened was everybody got very, very nauseous. <laughs> and VR technology went away for the most part, and our company had to pivot um, and hey, go into the line of business that I was just talking about. Let me ask you a question because, uh, you know, I know that, um, you know, I, I was really excited to talk about the technology in general, and uh, and it's cool. I mean, let's just face it, it's cool as heck. And, uh, you, you know, so is it, I mean, are you talking literally about revolutionizing the way people te- take test drives on vehicles? I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right? We're, we're literally talking about the ability for you know customers i mean it's a streamline effect in one in one aspect um, but i mean talk a little bit about that because i mean we're talking about literally if, if i understand this correctly streamlining and revolutionizing the way people take test drives well let, let me put it in this fashion um this virtual reality is going to impact everybody's lifestyle and shopping habits mm-hmm. in every category in the next several months. Um, Facebook bought a company called Oculus from a 22-year-old yep. kid for $2 billion about two years ago. Yes, uh, they Zuckerberg's, did. Zuckerberg's vision is to move all of his social media to virtual reality. Mm-hmm. So basically how we see it is within the automotive industry, it's going to significantly impact the way people shop for cars. It's going to affect tourism, real estate, fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, once you put on a virtual reality headset, you literally walk into a showroom. You have the ability to spin a car around on a turntable. You have the ability to select different cars they can drive in and off scene. You can literally get behind the wheel of a car and you're totally ensconced inside the car. You can look around in the back seat. You can look forward. You can change the trims. You can configure the car with different options. It's literally going to revolutionize the way people will shop for cars. Um, It'll impact how vehicles are shopped at home because we believe within the next 12 months, um, most of America, or certainly the younger generation, will have these virtual reality headsets. Right now you can get Google Cardboard headsets that go for about 10 bucks a piece, or you can get a Samsung Galaxy VR headset, which you may have seen right now. If you buy one of their phones, you can get it for free during promotional times, or it can cost a thousand bucks. Let me ask this. I mean, going, going to some questions that we've received, we put out some feelers to uh, some, both millennials and, and, uh, and baby boomers in, in the car business and G, some GMs, some questions. So what about, and this is, these are some challenges, because look, you guys, are, you guys are thick-skinned. I mean, obviously, you're in the car business, for goodness sakes. I mean, you were a digital dealer, I know, a few months ago. I'm sorry, uh, uh, you were at uh, NADA a few months ago, and you, know, you had a lot, of, a lot of people checking this out. And so you're used to fielding questions. Dealers that ask Dave the question, 
What about the smell, man? What about what about the new car smell? What hey, and and, and also what about when competition ri- arises and people, you know, can if, if they're gonna do that, why would they not just stay home and do it, you know? And so therefore are there gonna be the ability to pick off somebody's lead from another dealer that, you know, has a strong internet department? So these are the concerns that dealers are raising. And uh, so my question, do you guys have a do you guys have a little device that might blow some new car leather smell out of your uh, goggles there pretty soon? That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. We don't have it today, but uh, it's coming. Like, like scratch and nice. sniff. <laughs> it's, it's probably two or three years away. So my question we, we is, don't... though, is it safe to wear these while you drive? Because that's what they're for, right? I'm just no, kidding. these I'm are kidding. not. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. okay. I took a first spin the other day. I only hit like three, three four older people. Yeah. I'm they were in because they couldn't get out of the way quick enough. But God bless them. <laughs> it was their yeah, fault, though. Exactly. It was their fault. you gotta, you got to look in your rearview mirror a lot when you've got the headsets on. Um <laughs> You know, the, the different applications that we see with these headsets are, you know, every time we talk to a dealership, uh, we get different ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working with several sales training companies right now who are talking about developing sales training apps that you could have in the headset. Now, this is a couple things that are going to be very, very, you know, impactful in that area. Is here's a way that you can make a car presentation in a very dynamic fashion. You can do it very efficiently the opportunity where you can compare the strengths of one car versus another. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an app that you'll also not only be able to train, take a test and get certified, but also utilize when you're presenting a vehicle uh, to a customer. It'll allow you to do a presentation in a dealership, which a lot of people go, why the heck do you need to have a headset in a dealership when probably outside the back door you've got two, three hundred cars plus of, of inventory. The situation is is that not in all places is that the most efficient way from a business model to stock your cars. Some mm-hmm. dealers are looking at using virtual reality as something where they can stash their cars a couple miles away in less expensive uh, real estate and then utilize virtual reality as an opportunity to show different trims um, and that type of thing. Well, one we thing that came in, too, Dave, one question that came in here, too, just uh, just recently here on Twitter. Again, I'm throwing I, – and, and I know we didn't – We actually, it was really cool. We didn't have any predetermined questions because I think that one of the things, you know, you were up for was, you know, answering some questions that maybe come in live. Somebody threw sure. out – um, you know, with this whole craze, I mean, a week ago, we wouldn't have really known this, this whole Pokemon craze, you know, where there people are going around finding Pokemons as a version of virtual reality. Somebody just said, you know, that's really the future of VR, no goggles required. Somebody said that. But I mean, what do you what do you think are the it, it, I know the technology Obviously, these these there's a lot of there's a lot of difference between this because when you're inside these goggles, man, and it's like Tommy was just had displayed them. I mean, he literally was on the roof of a you know freaking like a building somewhere. You know, I mean, it was really cool. Mexico, Mexico. I asked him yesterday when he said, I said, did you see the wall that Donald was going to build? But he said he was standing on top of a roof and he saw them breaking ground there. So, (laughs) but what do you what do you say to that? I mean, obviously it's brand new this whole Pokemon phenomenon, but it's 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 it kind of plays right into your cards what you're talking about, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the thing that we utilize is it's much more realistic. We utilize photography, so it's an actual car, and it's very difficult for people to listen to our conversation, but, you know, without actually having the headset on, probably the biggest difficulty we have is we talk about it, and most people go, yeah, 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 but once you put the headset actually on, Mm -hmm. you are transferred into a different place where you're actually sitting inside a car and you're taking Mm -hmm. control of the way that a vehicle is presented. 
And that's probably the most exciting thing that's going on. Most of the early um, development is definitely going in the gaming area. You know, they're targeting men 18 to 35, millennial gamers, if you will. Mm -hmm. What we're looking at is bringing a new revenue stream in, in terms of how people are able to shop for vehicles. Mm -hmm. And we think it's going to allow dealers the opportunity to take their showroom out to different places. If you've got malls, if you've got charities, if you've got concerts or some other thing where you're doing a presentation of a car, it's going to be able to streamline things a lot better. Well, let me ask you this, Dave. I appreciate you coming on with us and, and uh, give us the info for dealers that are watching right now. We're getting a lot of feedback. Um, uh, Arnold uh, Tiarina just corrected me and said it's augmented reality, the Pokemon, not virtual reality. Oh. And uh, Arnold, actually, there's three types of reality. There's the virtual reality, which is your set here, augmented Pokemon. And then Arnold lives in an ulterior, uh, alternative reality, which is uh, his, his world. So, uh, right, pretty good, huh? You got that off the cuff? So, Dave, give us your contact info and how dealers that want to find out more information about, uh, about your company, about what you guys do. I know you're going to be um, in Vegas here in a few weeks. Uh, look forward to getting with you guys there and interviewing you live uh, there for some segments. Um, talk about how dealers can reach you guys if they have more questions because it's fascinating. It's crazy. If anything else, man, to be the, the new kid on the block in your town as a dealer, to be the only company right now or dealership on Dealer Row with this type of technology, I think, you know, there's something to be said about being the first. There was a businessman with this uh, Pokemon thing that, 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 you know, you might have seen this on the news where he actually put this, uh, this basically this hub, so to speak, in his, uh, in his um, restaurant. And his business in the last week has gone up 75%. I think that if you have the right market and you're able to do something like this, you know, you could, you could tap into an untapped, so to speak, market. Tell dealers how they can reach you, Dave, and how they can find out more information. Great. So you can go to Evox. VR, so it's evoxvr.com. Um, you can register online. If you'd like to send me an email, it's dweber, D W E B E R, at evox.com. Awesome. Or you can call in at 310-605-1400, extension 243, and I'd be more than happy to get on the call and talk to dealers, their website developers, agencies, sales training companies, whatever. We're having conversations right now with several uh, solution providers, sales training companies, the OEMs. Um, you know, ev everybody is looking at this as something that's not coming years away, it's coming within months. Sure, absolutely. Well, Dave Weber, thank you. I look forward to meeting you in a couple weeks. And uh, thank you for hanging out with us and uh, look forward to talking to you uh, in, in more detail in the near future. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Have Dave. a good day. Okay. That was Dave, Dave Weber, Vice President of Sales and Marketing. And here's we got a couple of minutes. we got, what, two minutes, guys, before commercial break? we got two minutes, so we're going to take your questions. If you have a question, you're saying them on Twitter. Um, if you want to get on the air really quick, we'll vet a couple phone calls, 813-574-1820. We have about 90 seconds before we have to go to a commercial break. Then at 4 o'clock... Eastern in about seven minutes, we're going to be bringing on the training panel, and you don't want to miss that. We've got some great, great trainers that are going to come on and talk. So before we do that, let's take your questions, 813-574-1820. If you want your voice heard, do you have an opinion on virtual reality and, and uh, you want to share it with what's our your, audience? What's your opinion? What do you think about it? You know, man, 
my opinion is this, and, and by the way, um, we didn't bring them on. I feel the necessity to say this. They're not sponsoring the show. We never asked them. They didn't ask us. So that's not why we brought them on. I think it's cool. Um, but I think, you know, the concept of Carvana is cool, but, yeah. but that doesn't mean that yeah. I think that it's for everyone. I think the concept of what Candace Crane talks about with the, the elimination of the F&I box is kind of cool, but the, the problem is it, what's cool and what can be implemented, you know, um, as as not only a niche. Okay, I think these are niches. I think that to implement them across the board, I think it's just I know dealers and I know how they think and I know how they move. And um, so, so anyway, I think it's cool though. I, I mean, I think it's, it's really cool. really cool as far as like I want to play UFC on it. You know, what I mean, like UFC, like you know, you can actually fight somebody. You know, it'd be kind of cool to have a virtual desk manager. You know, you can actually you know. If he, if he tries to, you know, freaking, you know, knock your head off on, a, on the price, you can kind of just reach over and smack him and not go to jail. You know, something like that would be kind of cool, right? Or, no? No, that would be all right. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. Do you have any questions? Do you have anything coming in? If we don't, we got to go to commercial, Got to go to commercial and, in, about, what in about 45 seconds. If you have a comment, That's cool. Us. What do you I, think, man? I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think I, I don't envy dealers in their position with all the stimulus coming at them. With so, uh, so many, so many people, so many companies, so many, um, you know, so many people trying to get a piece of their budget and whatever that looks like. I was, ta- I, you know, I talk to dealers all the time, and I, I tell them straight up, I don't envy their their position because you know you want to do things that are beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do you want to be a guinea pig? No. Do you want to do something that's so far out there you have to retrain people? <clears throat> Not usually. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's just we went. We've gone in the last ten years in this business. We've gone from literally from horse and buggy to uh, Lamborghinis. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's not been a small change. It's been a big jump. Mm-hmm. And um, so we'll see what the future holds. Who knows? God bless them. You know, for yeah. having to, get- I'd love to hear the opinion of, of a dealer. Um, and if you're on social media, Facebook live watching this, or you're on autodealerlive.net, if you're on Twitter chatting with us, uh, Kevin Campbell or Kevin Fry says checking in after wrapping up. Oops, they went away. And uh, so I want to read what he says. Jay Lasco says anyone else using 360 cameras, and uploaded a Google Maps to their dealership location. So uh, that's Jay Lasco, uh, brother um, of Matt Lasco, one of the um, one of the um, the per- people who run that dealership there. Car Mark, the best um, virtual reality is a hands-on test drive. Yeah. So basically, what Mark uh, New Car Mark was saying, Mark uh, was saying, uh, is basically the way things are. And you know, here's the deal. This is why I have such an issue. And I know we're a couple minutes late for commercial here, but just bear with me. One of the reasons I have such a personal issue is not because of change. It doesn't really affect me one way or the other, right? It, it, um, but the, one of the reasons I have such an, an, an issue with this is because it, buying a car is such an emotional decision. And, and I, I think that if you're going to spend, and it's an expensive decision. I mean, I just bought a new home. And look, my wife spent like nine months looking at homes to the point where I was freaking driven crazy. Right. I didn't want to see another home on her apps and all of that. Right. But she spent nine months because it was such an expensive decision. Buying a car is the second most expensive decision you're going to make. And I just don't see people doing it without putting some due diligence into it. Most people. Me, on the other hand, I bought a hundred twenty five thousand dollars seven series and pretty much had it delivered here. But I'm different. (laughs) You didn't even check it out. Like, I no, I didn't even drive it. Didn't even drive it. But I mean, if I'm gonna spend that much money, I'm pretty sure you're already a Beamer. You're already a Beamer driver, so you kind of knew what you were getting into. You had done some. I'm sure you'd done your homework and stuff to some degree. Not really. No. Nope. Okay. Well, I was trying to give you the benefit. But of the day. anyway, I just know this: that most people want to check out a decision of twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars. I, I, that's my opinion. They want to drive it, and it's an emotional decision. So yeah, I don't disagree with you, Dave. 
So let's go to commercial and we'll talk. What? Yeah, that's a thumbs up. That means we're going to commercial? Yes. I already said we were going to commercial. Why do you got to give a thumbs up? Mm -hmm. Just do it. Mm. God. With rising competition and shrinking profit margins, you need every resource available to help you succeed. TrueCar has the ability to be the most powerful tool in your arsenal. Go with the pros who know. Your dealership wouldn't trust its vehicles in the hands of an uncertified technician. So why trust its finances with accounting firms that don't know your business? Rosenfield & Company knows the automotive industry and has been serving dealerships like yours for over 20 years. We take pride in helping our clients grow from single point stores to some of the largest dealer groups in the country. We are more than just your accountants. Our team can guide you through mergers and acquisitions, operational reviews, succession planning, and more. Visit us on the web for more information at www.rosenfieldandco.com. Jason Rice from Lapop, and let me tell you what we do to help dealerships increase used car sales 20 to 30 percent in gross and volume. Three areas we focus on, trend reports, we look at weekly trends that no one else is trending to make adjustments on our inventory. Two is we do weekly review calls to review those trends, but also we dig through every car that needs to be price adjusted to increase the searches. And three, we do a virtual lot walk, make sure every car is standing tall in line and make sure we don't have bad photos like these. Check out our website, lotpop.com our blog at AutomotiveRevolution.com and our weekly video tips at IncreasedTurn.com. Thanks. Hello, I'm Alan Ram, president and founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions. Let's face it, good managers are defined not by what they do when they have a showroom full of customers, but more by what they do when there are no customers in the showroom. In 2015, whether you like it or not, the car business is all about conversion of opportunities and driving traffic. All those great closers and desk people are not doing you a whole lot of good if your dealership is not converting effectively on the telephone and internet. As an owner or dealer, when you see five salespeople standing by the front door doing nothing, don't kid yourself, your dealership is not being effectively managed. Management by Fire is a two and a half day intensive course conducted entirely by me that teaches managers how to effectively manage in today's automotive industry. Simple processes for driving high quality traffic. For more information on upcoming events, please call my team at 866-996-4665. Once again, 866-996-4665. Thank you. Service Group has over 40 years of experience empowering dealerships to grow profits, develop personnel, and provide their customers with a high level of service. We offer high quality products, world-class servicing, and innovative training and technology. Meet our team, first-class trainers, the best account managers, and an executive team that's second to none. 
This is your service group team. We look forward to giving your people the power to perform. I'm excited about the future of TrueCar, and I hope you are too. As we evolve our product and service, we'll keep listening to dealers and making even more enhancements based on your ongoing feedback. thought about we thought about not coming back but then we said you know what we owe it to the to the kids every time i drink coffee which is what i was drinking i get i get i get very hot on the inside i guess it's because it's hot but it just makes me it makes me hot from the inside out so it makes me hot when i wear extra clothing like jackets in florida <laughs> when it's 99 degrees outside and it feels like i'm 114 speaking of hot the next up oh good here on auto dealer live it's is our training place. day panel we have pulled all the stops out, man. We have absolutely. I just got done. Actually, on the commercial break, I took the last stop out. We the, just finished it. The last one. You got it? I got it. That's the last it. stop has been removed, hands. and the red carpet has officially been rolled out. The limos have arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring to you the next up training day panel. They're here. They're here. We have the president of Tuart Enterprises, Mr. <clears throat> Mark Tuart. We have the speaker, sales trainer, coach, motivator, Alan Dickey. We have president of Stuker Training, author of Guaranteed Sales Success, Tom Stuker. We have the owner at Taylor Techniques and a sales trainer, car guy extraordinaire, Fran Taylor. And we have founder, CEO at Velco Sales Training. It's Velco Tuchiv. Yes, what I'm talking about. Tommy says it really good, Velco. Uh, unless I say it wrong, because correct me if I say it wrong, but your name is just fun to say. It is. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us, and I uh, want to thank you guys for taking time out of your schedule. We're going to jump right into training day and we're going to ask something that i want to ask a question and i want to field this to tom uh, to mark stewart uh, mark stewart mark Stewart. i just took stuker and stewart and, and put them together mark Stewart. i want to ask you this first as um as someone who's been training dealerships for a while i don't know if you have an answer to this i'm sure you have an opinion and uh, what, is, what what is the what is the number one area right now in the auto industry the number one area in your opinion where dealers need the most training, the number one thing above all, because there's various types of training. I think all of it is good, but what's the most, what's, what stands out as a priority in your opinion, Mark? The number one area I see that is a need for training is what I call creating intentional congruence from either the internet and BDC to the sales floor. If they have a separate department, because they're treating them, even if it's a separate department, they're treating them as a separate entity and so often the processes don't flow together and there's a lack of communication from one department to the other and a lack of cooperation. So you have these little fightsums, if you will, you have fights and it just doesn't help anybody. So creating a cohesive training platform and processes for the whole front end rather than, and also even integrating the back end into this rather than just training individual departments each time it's just, it's just not working it, it's hurting more than it's helping mm -hmm. okay alan what do you do you agree with that to some degree with what uh mark just said about the called the creating intentional congruence mm. i like that actually i wrote it down 
Yeah, I like, I like that too. I think the fact of the matter is, is everybody who's going to throw their two cents into answering that question will be right. Um, if I was to say the number one training area in need, I think it's in our business. I don't think it has anything to do with our processes. Um, I think it has to do with whoever's identifying talent to add them to our floors. I think that's where the training needs to start, so the rest of it that we're going to speak about is utilized effectively by motivated individuals who want to take part. A lot of the stories that I get involved with, when I walk in and have conversations, I, I had one actually this morning with a dealer, I make it abundantly clear that odds are, you know, if they've got 10 sales reps on that floor, he's investing in me to work with six of them. There's a couple of uh, things that I tend to find in the stores that I work with. We either have, you know, people who fall under what I describe as, you know, if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotting. We've got ripe individuals who just know it all and don't have open ears to learn and develop anything. Um, or have people who just feel it's not necessary and they don't need that help yet still deliver six to eight cars a month. So my, my number one, while all of them are incredibly important and perhaps I would call it a 1A and all the other ones a 1B, would be uh, training our leaders who are going to identify and make selections of what talent we're going to add to our sales floors uh, to teach them how to identify the right people so the rest of the techniques that we can train them on are consumed. Tom Stuker, you're you know uh, thanks for coming on, and I know that you are you're on our BDC boardroom and, and live typically at Digital Dealer. We've we've done multiple, and I know that you're you've been in training for a long time, and you're a car guy at heart. You love the business. I'm going to ask you kind of the same question, but at the same time, I'm going to piggyback on something Alan just said because he's saying he he's talking a little bit about the the ripe you're rotting, and you've been doing this a while. How how do you what do you think the biggest biggest uh, the biggest um, I guess most important, I guess, factor in, in, in making the message that really hasn't changed, even though we have technology that has changed. I mean, it's kind of like anything else. There's really no new revelation. There's just new tools to use. So how do you, how do you, what's the biggest factor, Tom, in your opinion, to make this message that needs to be the same relevant today to this generation of car salesmen and car sales women who are there today to, to get them to the place of, of productivity? Well, first of all, I agree 100% with what Alan said. What, what he said uh, about training the people that make the selections, that build the staff, and, and, and that's whether it's the general manager picking out managers or the managers picking out salespeople or any department head picking out the right team, I think that is so crucial. If you ask me what the most important need for training is, I would take Alan's thinking but included in an, in an awful larger scope that I really think that sales management is the biggest overwhelming need for, man, uh, for training in our business more than any other training. It's training sales managers to, to manage people and processes and of one of the responsibilities, like Alan says, of, of building the right team. But the typical sales manager is a guy that was selling 18 cars a month on Friday. Mm -hmm. On Monday, we make him the new car manager, and he didn't exactly go to the Wharton Business School over the weekend. This isn't a shot towards sales managers. There's a reason why they were picked to be a manager. They're going to pick the 18-car-a-month guy to put metal over the curb, not the very organized seven-car-a-month guy. Mm -hmm. But you still got to teach people to manage people and processes, not just deals. Mm. That's good. Velka, what do you think about that? Do you think uh, what Tom said in terms of the sales management, is that our biggest, is that the biggest missing link yeah, in this, the, in the biz? Like the leader. Like, I mean, is it? Is well, it I know it leader? always, I mean, ultimately it does, it's always going to be, 
ultimately, in a, I think an organization, the the, own, the the ownership or management top down is going to take the responsibility. You know, it, it does. It, it, it's always going to trickle down from the top. But I mean, is that where we're, is that where you see as a sales trainer? Is that where it's missing? Is that the biggest one of the biggest faults in the dealership? Absolutely, yeah. I agree with uh, all three of them, and uh, uh, Alan is absolutely correct. And Tom, I think hit it uh, right on the spot because you can't really make a difference in a store where the sales management team is not trained and they're not part of the process. And this is the biggest challenge for sales trainers, I believe. And for, for all the teams out there, because just like Alan, I uh, separate the, the sales managers and the sales uh, people to two different types, the ones that are in the constant comfort zone and the ones that are always constantly progressing. So uh, some sales managers feel that it's been the same for the past 20 years, it's always going to be the same, uh, and, and, and they don't really change their ways. And this is... This is really counterproductive for any sales trainer that goes to a uh, dealership and, and tries to make a difference there. So I agree with all three of them. Uh, the, the transition between BDC and salesperson is a complete joke in a lot of the dealerships. So I agree with Mark, Mark Tewart as well. He brought a phenomenal point. And, and building the right team uh, from scratch is really uh, a good point that uh, Alan Dickey mentioned as well. Let me let me go to Frank before we go. I want to I'll pose a question to Mark and, and Tom in a second regarding the BDC. But let me get Fran's take on this. Fran, one of the things I know that you're big on, and, and all of you guys tra- train train across the board. But one of the things, Fran, that you're you're pretty well known um, to do, and you spend a lot of time with the salesperson. So we're talking a little bit about leadership and and how the fish stinks from the head down. We all know that. I think we know that. But if you're a salesperson. And you have to survive in this world and you want to take your career, which this is one industry in which you can do that into your own hands. You know, you you pride yourself and surround yourself with a lot of guys who are selling, you know, 30 cars and above. They're making a lot of money. How important do you think? So can a salesperson, Fran, in your opinion, in spite of leadership, maybe while they're looking to change or find a different home, can they take this industry in their own hands and make a significant living by training themselves? Well, there's two ways to learn. Follow somebody else that's doing it or trial and error. That trial and error takes a long time. Now, I have plenty of rookies out there that do a lot of stuff on their own. You know, it's like Tom said, you take a guy selling 18 cars, you make him the manager. Well, that trainer or that manager is going to teach his sales staff how to sell 18 cars a month. So, yeah, you got to go look them. Anybody that's good in the car business is going to keep looking. And uh, the further up the ladder they go, the, the more they want to do. But, uh, you know, a little bit of different answers than the other guys. I think a lot of the training starts with the owners. If you get the owner behind it, I work with a guy in Arkansas. He's one of the few owners who sat in all my classes. When he left, he said, this is what we're doing. That's the same thing with guys, the largest dealer in Pennsylvania to sell about 25 cars a month. You know, he made it real clear to all his staff. He said, Hey, this isn't Fran's training program anymore. It's mine. This is what we're going to do. So I think the owners have a lot to do with it because then the rest will fall in place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lord knows a lot of managers have never sold a lot of cars or they need help in the morning meetings if they have them. But anybody that's good in the car business, it's like Tom. You know, I knew Tom years ago. They talk about old school stuff. Well, his stuff still works today. I guarantee it. There's two things missing. Everybody is real focused on the internet right now, which is good, you have to do that. But some of the old prospecting ways work too. You know, when you get a rookie selling 400 cars his first year, he's not one dimension. He's doing a bunch of things. So, 
I think the training with the owner starts, you know, get the managers on board. And then you've got to show somebody the rest. You just can't tell them. So I think some of the, I mean, you can learn stuff from videos and stuff, but it's nothing like having somebody in the store. You can answer questions like, you know, I'll take the guys out from 12 to 2 prospecting. I mean, I think all the, the speakers here today have a passion for it. So if you get with the right trainer, it don't matter where you are, you can you can help any salesperson or dealership become more successful. Mark, Mark Tewart, and then Tom, I'm going to ask, when Mark's finished, um, if you'll just go ahead and, 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 and also uh, answer as well. Let's discuss training between, uh, it was mentioned a minute ago, between the sales uh, floor, the BDC, um, with this customer that we have, we've already determined, okay, and Fran just mentioned it as well, um, and, and the customer we've determined is going to spend time on the Internet. It's just going to happen. So you have this customer that's no longer an Internet customer. It's just the customer. And, I mean, God, if, unless you're under a rock, I mean, you're online. I mean, you know, I, I was late coming into the studio because I'm on my computer and, and you know, and, and finishing something. So with this customer who is just the customer now, Mark, how it, it, this layer of, of, of BDC versus internet salesperson versus should we have a more educated salesperson that knows something, not just an appointment setter? Should there be multiple layers? I know this is something we've, in, we've, we've discussed, we picked apart, put back together, but talk about where training comes into play, regardless of what label you put on it. What does it need to look like from a training perspective, Mark? And then I'm going to have Tom jump in and give his opinion on that as well. Well, number one, it goes back to deciding what's right for your store. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that one size fits all for every dealership. It depends on um, a lot of different factors and then also personal preference as to what you choose, whether it's a, a BDC, a separate Internet department, a cradle to grave, etc. We all have our preferences. But what happens often is maybe somebody does – if they do, phone training or Internet training or BDC training or front-end sales training. Uh, but it does go back to something they said, which overall is not just management, the leadership, mm -hmm. to look at what's the outcome. What's the outcome for the customer and work backwards and make it TLC, think like a customer, and how do we make this to serve them where it's seamless? And I think what happens is, have you ever been on the phone where – you call in somewhere and it says, hey, press one for here, two for here, three for here, four for here, five, if you're so frustrated you want to stick a dagger in your heart. Well, that's kind of what happens at times with dealerships because we don't often think enough, I should say, about the whole overall process and design it backwards to make it congruent for the customer. We, we do it peaceable sometimes, and I just don't think that that is a good benefit for either the salespeople, the management, the departments and most importantly, the customer. It has to be integrated. Okay. Tom, is it, I mean, Tom, is it, if a dealer asks you, one of your clients, and they say, hey, Tom, you know, I mean, are we, and I appreciate Mark's answer, but I mean, are we, are we maybe pandering sometimes to, to our clients to say it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all? I mean, is there a right and wrong way to do it, Tom, in your opinion, or is it really what's best for maybe this dealer may not be best for this dealer? I mean... Yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to agree with Mark. I mean, mm -hmm. the... the BDC doesn't come in, in, in a box, and it's, 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 it's what's best for the dealership. The bottom line is, are you getting the result? Are the leads managed effectively? Uh, and are we, are we closing and selling X amount percent? Does the customer have a good buying experience, whether it's 
through a BDC and a salesperson or just a salesperson working in the leads great, uh, cradle to grave. There's, there's pluses and minuses of both. I've seen it done successfully both ways. The, 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 the thing about Internet leads compared to a phone up or a walk-in, it's a much more laborious lead. It's much more labor-intensive. You, you, you need people that are, are, are literally um, just crazy about follow-through, not just follow-up. And uh, too many stores, they, you know, the morning comes, they take the overnights, they distribute leads, they give everybody the three or four leads or whatever, which is a really stupid way to manage the leads. But uh, um, the, uh, and they, usually you got salespeople on an open floor, they take the low-hanging fruit, they, take, they make one or two calls, and if they can't engage the customer right away, they're back on the floor looking for a fresh up. And so the, the, the very big plus about BDC or the plus about salespeople taking them is the way the leads are managed more than anything else. So, and you mean managed by you mean managed not either, by the person either, either but by the BDC, system. Either a BDC manager who's managing the, the leads from the BDC and connecting with with the sales department on those opportunities, or the sales manager who's overseeing a, a group of salespeople that are mm-hmm. working them cradle to grave. Okay. But to literally take 12 salespeople and take 36 leads that came in the last couple of days and give them everybody three, it, well, just to be fair, what do you mean just to be fair? Mm-hmm. There's certain people that follow up Internet leads very well and communicate very well, and there's those who take the low-hanging fruit. You know, leads, whether it's BDC or in a, in a cradle-to-grave on the floor, the, the lead distribution has to be monitored uh, daily. If a person has 40 internet leads so far this month and only sold two of them, mm-hmm. you got to stop giving this person leads until their closing and sales percentage has moved up to a minimum standard. Otherwise, you're just going to take the low-hanging fruit. You know, it's, it's funny because, Tommy, it, it, we use I mean, and Tom, what you're saying basically is that cherry-picking which is something that we talked about for years, used to be something that we, we stopped talking about it because it used to be when ups came in the door, you know, you cherry pick them. And, and so, I mean, it really is not partial to that an upcoming. That still goes, goes on. on, David. Sure. It's, it, it goes, yeah, I agree with you. So just because it's, it's an internet lead doesn't mean that cherry picking is not going on. And, I, and that's, that's a really good point that I haven't heard uh, anyone say as a recent, Tommy, when we talk about this subject, that, you know what, that to divvy those leads out equally, you know, which there goes your up system. I mean, or, or part of it in, in some ways, you know, could be um, you could be giving good leads to a person that's just not going to work them as thorough. We run into that and we've seen that. Yeah. Yep. Actually, uh, you give leads. You give leads to an 18 car month salesperson because you think he's a better salesperson. But in a lot of stores, I'm not saying a lot of stores, but in many stores, an 18 car month <laughs> person might not be an 18 car month person. An 18 car month person store should have a closing ratio in, in a 30% or higher. Mm. Now, a person that has an 18% that sells 18, but literally takes every up he can and takes uh, 144 ups to sell 18, that's not an 18 car month salesman. That's a four legged nine. Mm. Oh, that's <laughs> mad. Hey, uh, somebody actually tweeted, and I wanted to get y'all's opinion on it. Just, I mean, whoever wants to jump in can. Alan, Alan Velko, Alan Fran. Okay, we'll do Alan then. Alan. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, it's a dealer. I won't. He's he's on Twitter now. He said, "Shocking! Most trainers never say customer service. You can't teach wisdom. You can t- you can, however, teach customer service." Um, as I guess I guess he's talking about being um, one of the biggest downfalls. I guess he's a manager saying kind of maybe taking it a little personal. But what do you say about that? Oh no 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 no! I'll I'll tell you. And I, you know I don't want to hog the conversation. Let somebody else talk. But I'd like to address this customer <laughs> service. Yeah, we'll come back to you in just one second. Yep. We'll let you weigh in on it too. But Alan, go ahead and. Uh, 
if you got an opinion on that, and we'll stay on. I that thought Alan was throwing his voice. I was watching I him I was not like, talk. How's he I was doing like, that, man? He is a talented. ventriloquist. That is amazing. That was that was my Tom Stuker impression. That was pretty good. That was pretty good, good man. Yeah, I mean, the comment, it's all the same thing. And uh, part and parcel, I don't know what experiences that particular dealer may have had, but when we're talking about adequately training our people on how to handle the sales process, I mean, uh, to me it was obvious that the number one aspect of that would be catering to our customers and providing that customer service. I think it's within that realm we execute all of the other things we're looking to execute as far as, you know, uh, asking the right questions, identifying the right challenges we're there to overcome, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I would like to think, and I'm confident that the group that's on the panel identifies that uh, customer services is almost the foundation that we train what we train off of. So I guess I would say I don't fully understand the question, but uh, customer service is vitally important. I, uh, I, I think everybody on this panel would agree to that as well. But again, it's through serving the customer we implement the techniques that we train to individuals to successfully accomplish our mutually desired goal. The root of the word sell means to serve, and I think everybody on this call and everybody listening understands that. So they're one in the same. You can't separate them. If you're not serving your customers, you're not selling, period. Is that Mark? You have to have an attitude of gratitude toward the customers. TLC, think like a customer, and mm-hmm. every should be, everything should be in, in that regard. So I, I do believe uh, most trainers, I would believe, and most managers feel that way. If not, they should probably get out of the business. I, I maybe I didn't understand the gentleman's question or statement, but I, I don't believe that at all. Uh, yeah, and, and it was it was vague. But let me let me ask Fran this question too. And something that came up here on on social media, and I and I want to I want to clarify something too because a lot of times we get feedback when we have trainers on from dealers. I mean, I've got a call in the last show we had. I got a call from a dealer that owns several stores and asked me. And he just said, look, he said, you know, sometimes trainers, and I want to kind of put this out to you guys and Fran, um, you can kind of have the first comment on it. Um, he said, and somebody just tweeted how many trainers have, you know, a store. And I think that what these guys maybe are, and I want them to make sure they understand. Well, I want to make, I want them to understand that what we're not doing, and I don't think you guys are doing this either, is it's like dogging out dealers. You know, I would say that you guys are in this business to train because you care about this industry and you're passionate about it. And, um, and you want to see it improve. But somebody called me a few months ago when we had a training show and they said, look, you know, um, some of us dealers want to get better at this. And this particular person was saying, I have 150 or no, 350 employees. He said over all my stores. And he goes, I train and I try. And he said, sometimes he's, I want to hear a trainer maybe address the real life situations of maybe when somebody comes to you and they says, and they say, Hey, you know what? I, you know, I've got this going on in my life and that going on in my life. He said, I think that, you know, um, all of us dealers, you know, are not sitting around sucking. We want to get better. So, Fran, I mean, is that something you run into a lot of times with dealerships? They want to get better, and and maybe you can address address that as from your heart as a trainer. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of times when you meet an owner, you got to change his thinking too. Like I talk to a couple of them sometimes. They say, "Hey, we're just a small dealer in a small town," and I tell them, "Well, with that thinking, you're always going to be a small dealer in a small town." As far as trainers, when you're talking to a sales force, you, to me, you have to tell them something they never heard of. I don't think they need to be told you have to have a good attitude or you have to have a plan and work your plan. You have to show them the difference. And I think there is a major difference, you know, when you've been doing it a long time. You, you get to see, just like Tom said, that, you know, sometimes it works both ways. But 
I think there's an advantage when you sold 50-some cars a month or was a GM or a used car manager. You know, you can relate to the guys. But uh, a lot of time, you know, it's, you know, different than service. Everybody talks most of the time when I get on these conferences. 95% of the time, they all talk Internet. Well, that's only part of it. You guys are talking about close ratios and gross. There's nothing more powerful than repeat and referral customers. That's where this prospecting I have comes in. Because you got a 60% close ratio on, on repeats and a 40% on uh, referrals. So I spend all my time concentrating on uh, getting the repeats and referrals. And I think that's some of the stuff that's missing today in the car business. I think you got to take the new technology and mix it in with the old. But once you show somebody, instead of standing on stage and talking, there's a big difference in the results. That I guarantee. Kevin Fry just tweeted something. And too. I've got something quick to add. Yeah, who's, who's talking? Go ahead, Alan. Alan. Alan, okay. Vicky. Something quick to add. I understand when you have a lot of these shows where you've got, you know, a, a group of people like us and everyone's talking about training and we've got all the answers, blah, blah, blah. I know a lot of times the feedback or the perception can be from the marketplace, from owners, managers, salespeople, who are these guys and what validates them. And one of the things is, you know, I personally, I have yet to walk into a store that I do business with, walk up to the sales staff and say, prove to me you're a salesperson, because it's not conducive to what our goal is. Our goal is to go and develop the talent that's there. Some people were trying to develop from five to ten car guys, others from 20 to 30 car guys. But I'm sure all of the people in this room or, or any trainer who, who uses that word who says, I'm capable of doing this, is not there to just speak about it, but to be about it. You cannot lead until you've served. And I know personally speaking, there's not a store or a dealership floor that I'm not prepared to walk onto and implement or literally carry out any training, technique, idea, thought, or concept on demand with a live customer in the showroom floor. So instead of wasting useless energy by saying, well, what proves this guy is capable to train this? Or this? You know, if we have a background, if you are, you know, considering a, a specific trainer for your dealership, you have a thorough conversation uh, with that individual, ask those tough questions and receive answers that lead you to believe that that's an individual who can serve you and your team, then the only way you'll ever find out is by a willingness to go for failure with that individual, fully supporting them, bringing them into your organization and letting them loose with your team members. Um, I think it's just silly sometimes when we get caught up in this, you know, who's, who's training the trainers and stuff like that. As I say, are there some people who can't back up their talk? Yes. That's why you understand some of those comments that are made. But for any dealer who might be thinking these questions or sales representatives who have trainers coming into their store, me personally speaking, if you want to come up and ask me professionally what validates my ability to teach you how to improve, Point out the customer, let's point out the telephone, I'll be more than happy to execute everything I'm going to train you on to make you a believer because in our industry, faith is lacking as a whole in the technique, which is unfortunate because it's a key component to being successful, but I do understand wholeheartedly that when I show proof to individuals, buy-in goes through the roof and techniques become incredibly effective. So I just think it's better for us to focus our time and energy worrying about is somebody capable or competent on a private conversation when you're serious about acquiring that individual services, and then after doing that, spend your time and energy on how we collectively can increase the performance of your sales team members and your organization as a whole. Cool. So let's do this, guys. We got a, we got a few minutes to wrap up. We'll give everybody like a two-minute Yeah. What, two, three? What did Jay Lasko just say, too? We're going to give you guys, obviously, you guys can say whatever you want, but Jay Lasko over Lasko Ford just said something, too, that I think was interesting about customer service. But yeah, we'll give you guys 
Um, what is that? You know, I don't know. <laughs> it popped up and then it popped back down. If you guys find that tweet from Jay Lasko, uh, just just push it back up on the screen. But um, we'll start with uh, we're, we're in with Alan because Alan just uh, got a chance to answer, and uh, we'll start with Tom Stuker. And um, and then we're going to give each of you guys just take a couple of you know a couple three minutes just take your time and uh, we're going to wind the show up and take and give us give us you know you've been waiting to say something give us your your last uh, closing comments and then uh, end it with the ability for a dealer to get a hold of you if they'd like help and uh, it's a great topic it always uh, we always run out of time but Tom Stuker uh, go ahead and take a few minutes and uh, and and uh, comment. Well, thanks guys. I want to address a couple of things that were talked about some dealer questions or input first about about customer service. All of us know that good training is customer service. I said the number one thing that, that dealers need to do is train their managers to manage salespeople and processes, which would include enhancing the customer experience, whether it's the sales, the purchase experience, or, or more importantly, even the ownership experience. And then I always say that 95% of all CRMs are grossly underutilized. The other 5% are just underutilized. Dealers spend, dealers spend millions of dollars on on, on advertising over over a five-year period, and and that's their CRM. That's how much money they got invested in their CRM. Not the couple thousand dollars a month usage fees, but the amount of money they spend in advertising along with usage fees. That's what your CRM. That's your investment in CRM. And the and the amount of effort and money it's spent to to get salespeople to really use okay. their CRM to turn their CRM into an ATM, which anybody could do. I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. As far as you've got a bunch of dealers that really want to be successful, I go back to the statement that everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> to bring somebody in there for two days, to bring Fran or me or Mark in there for two days, it, it's going to address the problem, but it's not going to solve the problem. It takes three to four months as a minimum to build behaviors. Some dealerships have taken 16 years to get it all wrong. It's going to take more than two days to get things right. So it, make an investment. If training is an expense, which means you're not moving the needle, then quit spending it on that person or that company, right? But if training is an invest and you see a measurable improvement, then continue to grow with that trainer, whoever it is. Uh, one last thing, uh, hire trainable people. I mean, one of the biggest problems is, is we, we, we panic hire, we panic train, and we panic management. And that's why the cycle goes over and over and over because we don't, we don't have a really good hiring process. We settle as an industry. We settle too much to put a body on the floor because I really need people now. So you lower the bar. You don't take time to train them. You don't really manage them. You literally figure they'll learn by exposure. But every time you get a customer, is that $2,000 experiment? Mm -hmm. And every time they talk to somebody, how many people are gone to the floor? Friend, how many people, the dealerships, Send out to the floor without training them how to prospect, without training them how to work their CRM, without handling the phone effectively. Mm -hmm. But they'll, they'll throw them out to the floor. Why? Because we're still in the industry. We're hiring people to wait for someone to buy a car, and we're not hiring people that we train to sell cars. Mm. We have uh, Jay Lasco actually called in, and Jay's one of the managers, obviously uh, one of the uh, a family of the owners at Lasco Ford and Lasco Grand Blank. Jay, thanks for calling in, man. And uh, we'll, we'll, give the, we'll give the other panelists a chance to close up, but what, what do you have to say, man? I know you called in to... 
Well, yeah, everybody was saying the question was vague, and I, I don't know, I guess I was frisky today, and I felt like uh, sending in a question, so I apologize to send in a vague one, but uh, I wasn't calling the trainers out at all. I just, every time I, you know, that's, it was a great question you asked, what's the most important thing, and uh, a lot of times it, it, you know, the answer is a process, you know, like a, a disconnect, you know, here, between there, and I love the fact they brought up the, uh, you know, the hiring. I, I couldn't agree. I mean, you can't train somebody that's not trainable. But uh, customer service, when I'm talking about that, I feel like we struggle with our veteran salespeople that still do a great job, that once you learn the process so well, and it's the routine and you go through it just like clockwork, that you forget all the simple things that actually go so far, like opening a door and saying thank you and, and you know, just, just speaking correctly and, and getting them something to drink and all these basic customer service things. But, and, you know, if you look at, like, the Disney's and all the top hotel chains, that's like their core of training is all customer service. And we've been doing this behavioral study with our customers that purchased, and the top answered percentage question out of every single survey given was all about the salesperson being helpful and nice. And so it like Matt and I kind of were like, holy moly, we need to really start focusing on this. And of course, we want to deliver a great experience, but a lot of times it's just the little things, and you almost have to revisit it and say, wow, we're missing the little things that can go so far, you know, to click the experience and make them say yes, you know. Well, man, that's, so, so you're telling me, Jay, that even though you guys are selling over 500 cars, you guys are still trying to figure out how to get better. Go, well, go figure that out. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Some of the best people we have, I mean, all this have to be like, hey, you can't say that, you know, or, or, or you know, call, call them Mrs. Where, you know, Mrs. So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so. Open the door. You blew out in front of them and didn't even hold the door for them. I mean, it's, it's human nature. We go through routine every day. I mean, after you sell thousands of cars as a salesperson, I mean, heck, you're half asleep, I think. You know, you almost have to slow down. And the trainers... I think when they come in, if they were to train nothing but process and like, you know, how, this is how you're going to hand off EDC to salesperson, they like get them all fired up. And when someone's fired up, those endorphins are going and it's like natural, natural customer service. They're smiling, they're happy. And then it fades off seven to 14 days later, you know? Um, thank you, man. Thanks for, thanks for taking time, man, and calling in. Uh, you heard Joe, Jay Lasco with Lasco Ford, Lasco Grand Blank. He and Matt are doing a freaking killer job up there. So thanks, Jay, for calling in, man. Yep, sorry for the vague question. <laughs> no, man, no, no problem. Thank you for clarifying it. Yes, sir. All right, see ya. We're going to give, uh, we'll go to Fran Taylor and let Fran give his closing remarks. But by the way, I got to say this because I laughed, that uh, it does sound like a chicken coop in the background. Uh, Amy is string auto. And then uh, is, is that noise. There's a very simple kind of reason for that. There's a very simple reason for that. We have a chicken coop right behind this auto dealer yeah. live. This yeah. right here. Mm-hmm. Right we here, raise we chickens. have a whole organic farm that we, yep. so that's so, why. Uh, that's why. Yep. But it does sound like that. So very, very astute. That was that was a pretty good. Uh, I was wondering what that noise was. Usually I have we no keep idea. it quiet. Usually, but today they're frisky. Yeah, it's just a squeaky noise. But anyway, so it's it is it is. Uh, Fran, how are you, sir? Give us your closing remarks and get a chance to comment too on on. Uh, we had a dealer call in. That was Jay Lasco and in, in uh, Fenton, Michigan. Uh, what do you say, Fran? <clears throat> well, I I agree with uh, what uh, Alan and Tom said about the uh, you know jumping in and showing the people and. You know, Tom made a good point. You know, I, I put myself personally, we have a 20-month a program. You, we go back, we get it started, and then you go back every couple months to keep it going. I had a dealer tell me, you know, dealers don't mind spending money, but what they hate is it going away in 90, 120 days. That's sort of like Mr. Lasco said. And, uh, you know, let's also mention about some of the older pros that sell an 18, 20 cars a month. I think you can get through to those guys, you know, by just showing them a little love. And then showing them 
you know, different ways what they could do uh, with this prospecting and other other techniques. You see, once you get the prospecting going, you only got to do it one time. You know, and that's what that's the stuff I did to get me to 50 cars a month. And it doesn't mean I'm better than anybody else. It just means I have a different way of, of showing stuff. And, you know, I agree with Tom. You know, there's, there's trainers for different dealerships, you know. And I, I think it's real important that when an owner or a manager hires one of us to come in that they know a little bit about them at first. And that's sort of what Alan was saying is, you know, you can't get any better when they say, okay, turn me loose, I'll show you. And, you know, and I have a lot of respect for these guys on here today. You know, and, and the difference is, you know, once you start it and once you keep it going, it gets better and better. That's the momentum everybody's looking for. And it's like taking candy from the baby if you get the right dealership and that's behind you and going to stick with you. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this since October, be 30 years, and I still look for ways to improve. You know, and, and uh, I think that's, you have to change with the times or it's going to go away, trust me. So the best Thank way you. to reach me is frantaylor.net. And uh, my, my uh, phone number here is 717-232-0494. And uh, I have a group on, on Facebook it's called 30 Cells a Month. You have to be, uh, it's a secret group. We get free training in there. And we have people there that share their ideas and techniques, how to do 30 <laughs> 40 cars a month, but I think there's one thing also that I think the trainers here today have. I, I believe you have to have a passion and love what you're doing, and when you really care about the people you're trying to train, it comes out that way. I mean, there's no way that you can really try and help somebody. You don't get hate mail for being nice, so the guys on here have that passion, and uh, I, I think if you, uh, these dealers that are looking for somebody like that, you know, get get a person that really cares about the dealership and the salespeople, and it goes a long, long way. Thanks, Fran. Cool. Hey, Mr. Stuker, we didn't give a chance to to give you a chance to tell people how to contact you if you want to just a cheap shameless plug. Yeah. Yes, please. Um, yeah, eight hundred one eight hundred nine 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 five two seven seven StukerTraining dot com. The two things I want to emphasize is. I have a five-day boot camp for phone skills and I, for sales and managers. And, and in the fall, we're coming out with something that all my clients have been begging for, a two-day management class, which has nothing to do with desking deals. It has all to do with how, we have a half a day just on a hiring process, how to build a winning sales team. And, and it's, uh, it's all about processes, how to increase sales 25% in 90 days in any store. So. If they're interested in any of that stuff or, or our videos or online or anything or, or me or one of my trainers coming into the dealership and doing what all these other trainers do, which is get, you know, roll up the sleeves and do as I do, not do as I say. So, uh, Velko, and thank you for, for hanging with us. I know, I know it's been a little bit, so take a, take a couple of minutes, and, and uh, when you're finished, give us a way to get a hold of you. Velko, hey you guys. Did? Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I'm about to explode. I didn't get a chance to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Good no, job on waiting your turn. That's that's some solid training you have there. You you waited your turn and now I don't know. you have the floor. Yeah, yeah. Good job. <laughs> so uh, to uh, go back to the customer service, which is very important, and I believe uh, I was the last person out of all of us to to sell a car at a dealership, and I uh, I had 95% repeat and referral customers because that was my focus. And uh, I believe in order for you to deliver a great customer service in today's world, you have to be able to communicate with all available communication styles and uh, uh, ways. So I believe that uh, 
yes, this is this is this is huge and it's everything, but you can't really deliver great customer service if the environment is not great. So you can't really fake a nice environment. If if the sales manager tower uh, doesn't have great attitude, you're going to have great attitude. So everything starts from from the top and and creating the the right culture and the environment. And we all know statistics. You know, 90% of all deals are killed within the first within the first 10 seconds within the greeting and yet many dealers completely uh, underestimate the, the, the first impression factor so what I would train dealers and, and it's important thing to train dealers is is that first preparation step the first preparation moment where salespeople are um, obviously efficient in identifying the heart of the problem and again, to go back to, to the BDC topic, uh, it is proven that most of the BDC departments out there in the, in the United States that are a little bit more progressive, using old communication uh, styles and, and connecting with customers via social media and, and sending video emails are much more powerful and much more uh, successful than other, than other BDC departments that are strictly using just the phone and, and are leaving uh, ineffective voicemail. So there's a lot of things that, that need to change, but I believe that the biggest problem in the industry right now is the outdated approach. It's just the, the uh, you know, the whole world is changing, everybody is changing, everybody's moving to social media, but, but dealers are moving very slow into this direction. And what I mean by that is that the BDC team is not engaged in that uh, the sales team is not engaged enough in that, and it's really the, the the key to the future on how many sales you're going to have is basically how many followers you have. And one of the things that I did for my customers was I really got to know my customers. And sometimes instead of sending them instead of sending them a bird dog of hundred dollar check or instead of sending them a check, I found out what gift would make the most sense for that particular customer, and I was able to connect with these people in a much better way. <laughs> And I believe that was the, the main key on why I had such success with uh, repeats and reports. But uh, again, the, the whole world is changing. We need to change as well. Uh, the million-dollar question, I was at a dealer the other day, and we were doing a sale, and, and I was working a deal with a sales manager. He asked me, did you ask the million-dollar question? And I was like, what's the million-dollar And he well, if the numbers are right, are you uh, ready to make the deal right now? And this is a trial call that 90% that of the dealers are actively using today. And I told him, you know what, I don't think that's a million-dollar question. I've been building value for two hours with these customers, and I'm not going to give up, the, the, I'm not gonna give up my value just by asking this, this question. It's an illogical question to me. So I think that uh, we, we all need to, uh, to uh, move with, uh, with the time that the time is moving, the, 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 uh, the world is changing. I believe that if we want to be progressive, if, if we want to be on the top of our, uh, we want to dominate our segment and our market, we need to move as fast as the, as the world. Right. So that is my uh, Well, you, you, you're not ready to explode anymore, man. You just held it all in and you just let us have it. That was good. Yeah, well, you tied that together. You kind of linked those uh, several <laughs> comments together there, man. And I apologize you had a way to... To speak it, give us. No, no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, don't Nine. worry. Uh, I learned a lot from this gentleman, and it's a pleasure to be uh, in that lineup. So I really enjoy every time when I'm in, in this conference. So well, it's my you. pleasure. Well, tell us how they can get, tell dealers how they can get a hold of you, Delco. Well, I've got a virtual training program coming out very soon. My cell phone number is 224 
659-0634. Follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm not afraid to travel. Contact me, and very soon there's going to be huge announcements, so follow me on social media. All right, well, thank you so much. Thanks, Let's go, uh, Mr. Mark Tewart. Your final closing thoughts, how people can reach you, sir. My final closing thoughts is that we have really have to look at the elephant in the room that turnover was roughly about 70% last year and one of the best years that we've ever had. Whatever statistic you want to look at or listen to, I, we have to admit that we're having huge turnover, and the answer is why. You know, the question is why, I should say. So is uh, everything that we're doing outdated? And, you know, there's two capitals you have today that are as important as money, and that's change and speed. So what are we changing? How fast are we changing to meet the, the difference? And are we making it conducive that people want to get into our business and stay? And uh, I think Tom had said something about, you know, look for trainable people. And I, I call it look for people having a teachable spirit. If they haven't learned before, haven't shown a, a willingness to learn, then they're probably not going to learn now. And you're not going to have a good candidate. So when I work with clients, when we're going into clients, <clears throat> I anymore refuse to work just with salespeople because, <clears throat> excuse me, it goes to, as well, leadership, management, and to peaceably train in that area, you will have a sunburn effect. And dealers will say, wow, it works good for 30 or 60 or 90 days, but, you know, then it started to wear off. Well, I think it was Zig Ziglar said, yeah, it wears off, but, you know, you, you uh you take a bath every day, you get dirty, but you take another bath. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing with education. It never ends, and it has to be for everybody. You can't just say, okay, salespeople go train. It has to be integrated with the whole process of your dealership and creating creating a culture and environment that will work for everybody where you don't have that type of turnover. Otherwise, we're all losing. It, it, it's just at an all-time high, and we really got to look in the mirror, all of us, you can say, you know, we're, we're doing something wrong. There's something we have to be doing better that will create a better environment. And as for me, um, you know, obviously we go into dealerships and work with dealerships. We also have our online training, <clears throat> and uh, you can get a free demo of it. I requested a Tuart online training. My website is uh, tuart.com. You can call me at 888-2TUART. Um, my book, How to Be a Sales Superstar, is on Amazon or on the website. And uh, it was an honor to be here. I wish everybody well and the best, and I appreciate you guys allowing me to, to be here today. Uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for thanks for joining us. And we're going to give uh, Alan, Alan Dickey a final word here. And uh, go ahead, Alan. Hey, thanks for having me on, as always. Uh, a background on me, I started my career in 99-2000. I firmly believe you can't lead until you've served. I performed at all roles in the dealership, and now that's what I do is I work with dealerships on developing their uh, talents and abilities, much like I had mentioned uh, at the onset of things, I understand the challenges that some dealers face in their showrooms and the limiting belief systems they have that they can change. fact of the matter is, is uh, there is talent out there that can be identified and molded into exactly what we uh, have described as potential unicorns, you know, uh, figments of our, of our imagination. They do exist. And it all starts with identifying what I call ACE, the attitude and conviction and energy in individuals. People don't buy cars, people buy people. And uh, a lot of these candidates that I'm able to target, they, uh, they tend to be millennials. They tend to have heavy social media followings. 
And uh, much as I have developed a concentrated following of car people, because that's my market, of over 20,000 people in the last uh, 14, 15 months, this is exactly what I teach these candidates how to do. They arrive in your dealership knowing that they've got a building, inventory, a telephone line, and an Internet link, and that's all the expectations they have of you. So for those that uh, want to find out more about me and how I could build uh, sales teams from scratch or add those uh, one or two members you might need that are easily adaptable to your unique cultures, um, on top of training them on some very up-to-date, current, effective techniques that I utilize in the very stores that I do business with today, uh, simply reach me at alandickey.com. There's my little www.alandickey.com. My contact information is on there. And uh, if you haven't found me on social media, odds are you're under a rock and you should be calling me the second this show ends. But outside of that, you know where to find me on Facebook. And uh, I want to thank you guys again for having me. This was fun. All right, guys. Thank you so much for training day. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Thanks, Jay Lasko. Thanks to everybody who tweeted. And we're going to get the winner out, Mikey. Thanks, everybody. Um, Mikey out there, Mikey and Kim, if you guys would uh, shoot the uh, – shoot the image over of who the uh, winner is. We'll just wrap this thing up at 4.55. So if you want to win the hat, uh, the top influencer today, uh, to Facebook and Twitter, I, don't, I haven't checked out Facebook Live, but if you're still going, we're going to make this thing for another three and a half minutes. So get on, hashtag Live, and you have a chance to bump your numbers up. And uh, at 4.55, in three minutes and 30 seconds, Lewis, make sure that we send out the image right then of who the winner is, and we're going to ship the hats out. Thanks, and also guys. make sure Lewis... I'm about to piss uh, my me and, pants. Me and Dave both have to urinate to the point yeah, where I'm about I, to I think I leaked. Think I think Velcro I thought he was going to explode. I'm not, I'm By the way, shit. guys, thanks for being with us if that? you're still on the phone with, with the guest. But if, that, you think that? he was about to explode? Let me tell you something, buddy. We um, went like a full half hour <laughs> over. I uh, It's an exercise in bladder control that I've been, yeah, I've been training my bladder to not freaking pee everywhere. Yeah, you know what? And, and you know what? Talking about it makes another good work. So let's just let's get through this thing. I guess we just probably end the show now. we got a couple of things we have to say. Oh, crap. July 28th, Grand Card. Cardone's going to be with us. Uh, last week, oh, he yeah, was unable to make good. it. He was traveling. Yep. And uh, we've got a whole segment, 25 uh, minutes, with Grant by himself. We're going to be talking about how to build a team of sales superstars, rock stars, how to build an amazing team of sales superstars. Then we also have on the show that day uh, several car people. Uh, Joey Book's one of them. And uh, and uh, he's going to be on the show. And we've got – I'm not sure who else, but we have a great show that day. So um, we're going to have – it's, it's going to be great. But also – um, we have an uh, internet sales show next week. We have, um, we have a, a, a culture shock coming up, BDC Internet Strategy. We have Dealer Show, our Great American Automotive Panel. We're going to be at Digital Dealer in August. Um, I think this Friday is a deadline, so if you're not registered for DD21, um, you need to be. And uh, just get, get, uh, go to Digital Dealer Conference and uh, register. And uh, listen, if you'd like to go and you're a dealer, um, and uh, get a hold of us. Maybe we can work something out if you haven't registered yet. Get a hold of us, okay? Dealers, we can get you, we can get you in. So get a hold of us right now. That's it, There's right? There's a ribbon in uh, the sky for <laughs> our love. Hey, can you virtual reality a bathroom over there, huh? I was gonna, can you see that? In running water. Tommy, what are, what are you looking at right now? Peace. Hey, guys. Tommy's in his zone right now. Hey. I'm doing my Stevie Wonder impression, you jerks. Because <laughs> I feel kind of Stevie Wonderish. Are we good? <laughs>